You're going to pull my sled to the North Pole so I can see Santa. Oh, Heathcliff, if I get a red nose, can I guide you to Santa tonight? We're talking Heathcliff. Hit it. It was 1984. President Reagan designated July as National Ice Cream Month. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic was released. This is Spinal Tap popularized <laughs> the mockumentary format. And Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats each had a Christmas adventure. I'm your host, Jerry D, with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, joining me are two Totally Rad Christmas All-Stars. My first guest, you'll remember from uh, so many episodes, he's practically my co-host from Tis the Podcast, it's Anthony Caruso. Anthony, what's happening? Jerry, always glad to be here, man. Thanks again for having me back. <laughs> well, thanks for coming back. You know, you're always welcome. <laughs> there's a there's a chair right here for you. It's uh, I keep warm, you know. But <laughs> oh, that's my name on the back of it. Thank you. It does. Yeah, it's a director's <laughs> chair. You can't see it from here, but <laughs> but uh, my next guest you'll remember from the Magic Kingdom Yuletide special episode. He's currently designing our new logo from Closer to Christmas. It's Charlie Ague. Charlie, how's it going? Not too bad, Jerry and Anthony. Thanks uh, for having me on. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, always a good Charlie, time. Charlie, it's great to finally meet you face to face. I know it's been a, quite a long time. Yep, yep. That's how I felt for the longest time when uh, with you, Anthony. You know, because we would on Reddit, I would respond, and, <laughs> and you guys would call me like Davila or something. I was about to say back when you were back when you were Jerry Davila. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's you know it's hard to say. <laughs> Um, but before we get into it, guys, I want to hit you with my new segment. It's called Hit Me With The Toaster. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to hit me with the very first answer you can think of. All right? Anthony, you've already kind of answered some of these. So, uh, you know, just maybe mix it up a little bit, or you can answer with the same. Whatever. It's just a chance for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. All right. So what would you say is your favorite Christmas movie? I'm going to I'll go Nightmare Before Christmas or A Christmas Story depending on how you think of Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Last time I said the Santa Claus, this time I'll go Elf. Right on. All right. What's your favorite Christmas TV show episode? Mm, that's a tough one. <laughs> it is. I mean, are, are, if you're considering specials, I got to go with the Garfield Christmas special. I mean, it's it's a half hour. We could consider that a TV show, right? <laughs> that's fine. I'll take it. I'll accept it. I mean, if we're playing by those rules of Charlie Brown Christmas, <laughs> oh yeah, if we're going by I an mean, episode of a TV show. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know me. I we play by whatever rules. <laughs> I'll make it work. <laughs> if we're going for it by an episode of a TV show, it'd be probably one of the early Office Christmas episodes. I love a good Office Christmas episode. Yeah, or Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. Oh, that yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about your favorite Christmas song? I prefer the Carol of the Bells. Ooh, love Ooh. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Christmas and Hollis, but if we're going traditional, the Christmas song, Nat King Cole. Can't, <laughs> All right. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Yep. Those are both very good. Okay. And finally, the your favorite toy that you got for Christmas. You know, I I spent many a years playing, jumping on a pogo ball, so I'm going to have to go pogo ball. You remember that? <laughs> nice. <laughs> those are awesome. I'll, ne- I'll never forget walking downstairs in the early 90s to see Santa had set up the entire Jurassic Park compound in the basement filled with dinosaurs and the cars and Dr. Alan Grant and everyone. And that that's awesome. Cool. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks for playing. <laughs> uh, and that's just a chance for our listeners to get to know our guests a little bit better. But today we're here to talk Heathcliff. What do you guys remember about uh, Heathcliff? Like, what's your history or experience with it? Um, well, you know, when I was little, um, for some reason, I don't know why, me and my, my uh, siblings, every time the Heathcliff theme song would come on, we would dash out of the out of our bedrooms or whatever and just run around in circles. My mom was a bit confused why we would do it, but I, I don't know. It was just one of the catchiest theme songs in cartoon history. I, I enjoy that one a lot. Oh, yeah. It's super catchy. It's like one of my favorites, I think. Yep. I remember I saw Heathcliff the movie before the TV show, and I loved the movie. And then I went to the TV show and was like, "Wait a minute! They literally just edited like five <laughs> That's all they did. Together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They took like seven or eight and just mashed them together. <laughs> um, I love Heath. I love Heathcliff. I love Mel Blanc. Um, but he never lived up to Garfield and Friends in my mind. Actually, Charlie, you were just saying that too, weren't you? Yeah, that that was my. I mean, Garfield, he's my love. I have a cat right now named Garfield. He's probably sleeping behind me somewhere. Oh, that's awesome! Is he yeah. fat and orange? <laughs> he is orange and big. Yes, he's a, he's actually a, a Maine Coon cat, so he's he's huge. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> but does he hate Mondays? Oh, it doesn't everybody. <laughs> I actually don't because that's my only day off. Like, during oh, the okay. Season, so. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, Monday. I'm like, yes, Monday. I can just relax. <laughs> no, I, and I'm right there with you. The uh, Heathcliff was one of those that I remember always on, you know, like it's just you could uh, change the channel, especially Saturday mornings, and like, oh, Heathcliff's on, you know. And then later on, they would show it, uh, like, I think on Nickelodeon showed it for quite a bit and and i remember watching the reruns like going to my grandma's house my great grandma's house and watching heathcliff and you're right he never quite had that same oomph as garfield even though he actually was like earlier than garfield so heathcliff was uh was around since 73 while garfield came in 76 and that was just locally it wasn't dispersed nationally till 78 but like with heathcliff i kind of liked how mischievous he was you know, mm-hmm. it's like he's just like he just kind of poked the bear a little bit. <laughs> he was not as lazy as Garfield, right? right. More active. Yes, and he was kind of mean a little bit too. I mean, Garfield was too. Uh, I guess that's true. But <laughs> cat's gonna cat, right? Yep. <laughs> it's crazy though the similarities between those two shows. How it had like your main cartoon Garfield and Heathcliff, and then you have that the one-off cartoon, you know, with the other characters. That you know the uh, what was it U.S. Acres on Garfield and Friends, and then mm-hmm. the uh, well, Cats and Company is how it's called in the credits for the other part, right? Of right, Heathcliff, the, but the the Cadillac Cats, yeah. Yep. As a uh, as somebody who owned two cats, uh, and I'm sure Charlie, as an owner of a cat yourself, you probably recognize this as well. It's crazy to me how Heathcliff and Garfield both had very different personalities, but both had re- 
personalities that were very recognizable as stereotypical cats. Yes. Yep, definitely. Mm -hmm. They're just two very different kind of cats. I myself am a cat owner. Oh, I I had no idea about that, actually. (laughs) Well, (laughs) okay. So we actually inherited my great, my wife's great grandma's cat. So yeah, it's, she found this cat, raised it for like six months. It was like a feral cat, just a kitten, really. And then she fell and had to be put in a home. And we were the only ones that weren't allergic in the whole family. So we Mm. got it. Turns out I am allergic to cats. (laughs) (laughs) But at this point, it's like we've had her now for like 14 years. So, I mean, you know, we can't give her up. Did your allergies go away? Because I used to be allergic to cats and we adopted our two. And after like almost a year of living with them, my allergies, like I got immune to them. Oh, see, no, for me, it's the other way around. I was... I was fine until about three or four years ago. And then all of a sudden it was like, bam, cat. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but you're right. Like cats have very distinct personalities. They're, they're independent. They are kind of fickle. They rule the roost essentially. And both Garfield and Heathcliff did that. And it's mm-hmm. really interesting that they're both orange tabby cats or yep. whatever. And, but, one of them is just more um, rambunctious, and the other one's just kind of oh, laid lazy. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lazy. You're right, lazy. But at the same time, like, like I totally see my cat in both those personalities. You know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So okay, one thing that I didn't remember growing up was that there were actually two different uh, Heathcliff cartoons. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. So there was one in 1980 that was done by Ruby Spears, you know, famously that offshoot of Hanna-Barbera. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they did this one. It ran for a few years uh, and then they just discontinued it and Deke picked it up. And this is the, the where we get that really cool theme song, the Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should, you know, it was <laughs> it was the, in the Deke version, the 1984 version. Mel, uh, Mel Blank was the only one that actually transitioned through both shows and so we get him as a title character which basically just sounds like his uh later years bugs bunny mm-hmm. or poor guy he just i guess he's all out of ideas he's like oh, i'm just gonna do bugs and it's it's close enough <laughs> i mean i mean his bugs voice is iconic i feel like that's almost why heathcliff is not as iconic because he just used the same voice <laughs> yep. he, did, he didn't give him any originality yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, when you when you think about it, besides the voice, Heathcliff is also as mischievous as Bugs was. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that there was another cartoon too. And when I was looking up stuff, I saw that, but I don't know if that was something that ever aired after it was over that it would have got mixed in with the other one, and you just didn't know, or if it was a completely different cartoon. I haven't even seen any of them. I don't think it's completely different. The, even the art style, you can tell. I mean, it's similar enough that you're like, oh yeah, but it's simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, the colors aren't as pronounced yeah because i think when i was looking up some of the character lists they showed drawings of it from the other series because they looked mm-hmm. like they were out of a kid's coloring book like they, they didn't look like how you how you know them from the deke version of the show right yeah it's that's <laughs> kids coloring book is like the perfect way <laughs> to say it it's it's just different and they aired it with like a different segment there was like a, a one of them was i think these like a vampire dog it was like these these spooky kind of dogs it was very Ruby Spears and it was, it was also part of like a larger block. Like later on, they aired it with Marmaduke. It's just one of those where 
like you can tell right away just the whole style it's very like rubik you know it's very uh saturday supercade kind of <laughs> uh, kind of a style whereas the deke version it, it's almost more refined in a way and i don't know if it's just the art style or if it's it's funny you say more refined because I was watching the Deke uh, version and it's like, this is not very refined even for the mid eighties. Well, I mean, com- comparatively speaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, um, it, it's just different. And I like this version just better in general. Um, they introduced characters that I kind of cared about more. The Cadillac cats. Uh, <laughs> or, I mean, you know, Cleo, uh, was kind of foxy back in the day and you know i was i was i was debating bringing that up on this episode because i don't want to sound like a creep i don't want to be the the christmas podcast network creep but charlie you're on an episode with me man don't worry okay all right well when you when you were watching this show pardon again there you go (laughs) when you were little watching this show cleo there there was just something about her and you 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 kind of felt wrong about it but uh it's true well (laughs) because they kind of drew her like um as if she was wearing a leotard, yep. I guess. Like, uh, yeah. And then she had the leg warmers, the pink leg warmers. And, yeah, I think we were just yeah. prime age for that while we were watching. I, I think we were. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. But then, like, you compare her with Heathcliff's girlfriend, Sonia, and it's you know, it's just <laughs> complete style. opposite. Yeah, not quite yep. the same. <laughs> Garfield did not have uh as pretty cats in his show. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, he might have been a little more uh, active if he had. <laughs> uh, of the two, did you prefer Heathcliff or did you prefer the uh, the Cadillac Cats version? Like just in general. I mean, we'll- for for me, it's like the the Cadillac Cat version didn't have humans in that part of the cartoon, correct? I don't think there's ever been a human in it. I don't recall, and, no. And I, I just thought it was weird because those cats <laughs> are basically human-sized cats. They wear clothes, they have jobs. <laughs> and then in the Heathcliff version of the part, you know, portion of the cartoon, they're cats. They're although there was some crossover. There was sometimes yeah. the Cadillac cats were in the Heathcliff, right. except for Riff Raff. He him, I believe him or Cleo were not in Heathcliff at all. Right. It was just anyway. a Mungo and uh Wadsworth and Yep. What's now I do recall though a couple Hector. times when when they were in the Heathcliff portion, um, who, uh, Hector was the the leader of the group, like well, not riffraff. And there was always kind of that like where Hector always wanted to be the leader. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think there was even a few episodes where he tried to like stage a coup and take over. And... Well, the, the episode we watched today, he even brought it up when they first met. You know, right. he's like I'm the, I'm number one cat, and they were kind of <laughs> arguing back and forth then. Which doesn't make any sense. Riff Raff is like yeah, a third of his size. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I always but I always kind of liked Riff Raff's style, you know, with the, oh, yeah. the hat. Well, I, the I, I guess to answer the question, I, I thought the Cadillac cats were cooler. I thought that part of the, the cartoon, like those cats were cooler, mm-hmm. but I always enjoyed Heathcliff just because he, you know, the it, the problems that he always caused, you know. Yeah. I was about to say Heathcliff think, was definitely my uh preferred yeah. and part I'm of the right there with you actually. And I remember uh, being when I was younger, for the longest time, not understanding, like, well, you know, the Cadillac cats came over there. How come Heathcliff and Riff Raff don't get together? And the only time they really do is, like, during the end credits. That's, like, right. the crossover those two ever have. And I guess it's just because you couldn't have, like, two top cats, I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. One thing that it did kind of, I noticed, is that in the original, that 1980 cartoon, they had, like, a who's who 
of voice casts. Like they had Frank Welker and Don Messick and Mel Blanc. I mean, like those three right there, that's that's like voice cast royalty. Yep. Yeah. If there was a Mount Rushmore of voice actors, those three would be on it. E- exactly. You know, and then you throw in like uh Rusty Taylor, June Foray, you know, yeah, Rudolph. Yeah. I mean, uh it's it's just that was like prime voice casting. But then you get to um the other Heathcliff, and it's not like they were nobodies, it's just they they weren't quite as well known. So of course Mel Blanc was over. Donna Christie was there, she didn't really do a whole lot she she's done some stuff but not like something that i'd be like oh yeah yeah i know her exactly you know so it's just the the voice cast was not quite as pristine and immaculate as the uh as that original version but at the same time i liked what they did better like with the theme song it's just mm-hmm. a better much better theme song and it gets stuck in your head it's like an earworm <laughs> it oh, totally yeah. does it totally does it was written by Shuki Levy and Haim Saban. So it's going to be a banger. Those guys wrote, you know, the Power Rangers theme. And one thing I've been trying for since I started the show, I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to cover kid video on this because there was no Christmas episodes of kid video. You are 100% wrong. I mean, nothing you've said has been right. Do y'all remember kid video? It sounds familiar, I but I can't not. picture it. So it was like a like a high school rock band that gets sucked into like cartoon world essentially. It's like video world. And so they're cartoons and there's like a little fairy that kind of hang, hangs out with them. It's neither here nor there. It's it's just fun, but I couldn't figure out how and I finally figured it out and I'll you know when we get to it I'll uh, I'll explain the connection and I I now know how I'm going to cover it on the show and I'm so excited. <laughs> but Let's go ahead and dive right in. I think so. There were two, <laughs> there were two Christmas episodes. The first one we'll talk about is a uh, North Pole Cat. So this one actually featured well, Heathcliff. Go ahead. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, go for when it. When I was, like, you obviously sent us links to these episodes, but like doing research, were there one-off Heathcliff Christmas specials as well? I didn't see any. Maybe there were, but I didn't see any. Okay, um, maybe there were books then. There was a book. Yes. Okay. I know there was a Heathcliff Christmas book. Um, why? What did you find? <laughs> it was like Heathcliff's Night Before Christmas. Oh yes, that's a that's a book. And there was another one, How Heathcliff Stole Christmas. That one I don't recall. Oh, whoop! Well, never mind. That's a I just clicked on that link. That's not a kid friendly <laughs> book. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Totally Rad After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Heathcliff's Night Before Christmas is a book, and it is a children's book, <laughs> but uh, I don't own it yet, so I didn't want to to talk about it. I figured I could say that for a, a sequel episode if I needed. Was that one of those like classic books from the 80s, like the little Mr. Men book size, like the little, what, about four inch by four inch square books, or Something is that like, like a full size book? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it wasn't like a book book, you know. Oh, okay. like, yeah, because like I had some Garfield book. and Heathcliff ones, but I, I don't think I have a Christmas one at all. I remember the Garfield Christmas comic. It was like the long book. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Yep. Yep. That was super cool. I might have to do a Garfield follow up. (laughs) (laughs) All this Garfield talk just makes me want to go back and cover it. Oh, goodness. But uh, so, okay, let's dive in. We'll talk about North Pole Cat first. This one stars Heathcliff. And the premise, I mean, it's like typical 
just very, very typical cartoon movie of this era <laughs> plot. <laughs> Basically, if you want to nutshell it, some letters got returned and Heathcliff has to go save Christmas by getting them to Santa on time. That's like the nutshell version. But we get a lot more weirdness. We get a lot of <laughs> 80s weirdness in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my favorite part. All the 80s weirdness. And you're just like, what the? How did this you even? All, you also get the stereotypical dumb dogs, just like Garfield always did. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. I mean, again, you think about like dogs and they're, you know, they're just friendly and cuddly and they just do whatever you ask them to. So, I mean, it makes sense. But yeah. <laughs> Well, Spike is Heathcliff's like main nemesis, right? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I believe Spike is owned by the the local bully who kind of picks on Iggy, which is Heathcliff's sort of owner. Justice for bulldogs. (laughs) Justice for bulldogs. (laughs) In this case, probably yes, because Heathcliff really, really makes him his his punching (laughs) reindeer. His reindeer. He does make it. With <laughs> yeah. His reindeer. Yes. Yep. So the, the air date on this one was December 26th, the day after Christmas. I don't know if you saw that. It kind of bothers me to have a, a Christmas special come out the day after. But I guess if that's when it aired, like during the week, if that's the day it came out, mm-hmm. at least that's so what I saw. But I've seen different things. I don't really know because it seems like depending on which site you look at, no one can. I mean, it's like just a completely different because if you. Okay, if you look at Wikipedia, they have it as September 30th, which is very off of December yeah. 26th. I have no idea which one it actually is. Yeah, I'll, when I was looking it up, it, the one part I was I saw it was the very last episode of Heathcliff mm-hmm. as well. So that would have been like Ooh. Heathcliff's last yeah, it was. last appearance was a Christmas episode. So that's a, that's a nice way to go out if you have to. I, go hey, out. that's that's how I. That's, want a, to go that's out. a very British way to go out. They usually have the <laughs> Christmas finales of their. Oh show. yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, because then if you look at uh, yeah, if you look at IMDb, it says December twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. I wonder if one of them is production order, one of them's air date order. Oh, it could be. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It could be. What did y'all think of the look of Santa in the special? Better than the elves. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, I, well, the way the elves look, it kind of threw me off that he wasn't the same skin tone color as the elves, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, the elves, they were like, uh, they're that color blue that like Malekith is from Marvel Comics, you know. So they're like dark elves from like Spartan. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which, which explains why uh, why the guy goes crazy and wants to be evil. <laughs> What's his name? Tuck. Tuck. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This. I tell something, and not to give away my gag with a spoon moment, but that mailman sounded like a Rank and Bass character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I totally get it. <laughs> so, okay. Heathcliff is essentially, you know, bullying Spike. Or, well, okay. Spike is being trained up in the wrong way by his owner. <laughs> and so Heathcliff decides to do something about it because Spike goes after the mailman. <laughs> Spike's up to his old tricks again. He just won't lean. And as as he starts attacking, I love how Heathcliff grabs like the mailman's bag and just starts doing like the matador thing, which again brings back that whole point that he is kind of like Bugs Bunny. Yep. Yeah. 
So anyway, so eventually it's revealed by this mailman that yours and Iggy's letters to Santa were returned too. That's the tenth one today. I wonder if Santa's quitting. And so Heathcliff is like, well, well, and he wrong? puts in Heathcliff's mind that maybe Santa's uh, retiring or quitting his job or quitting or something. And so Heathcliff's like, well, that stinks. I got to do something <laughs> about that. And I like how he just basically tells Spike, like, yeah, you're coming with me. Yep. <laughs> now, when when Heathcliff says that he's going to go do something about it, and he runs to his house, I don't know if you paid attention to the music that was playing at that point. It was it, it threw me it threw me off. It kind of sounded like music you would see on like a generic video game, like Bub. Uh, what was that one? Bugsy with that little cat thing that just always said one line. Like it had a very a vid, a video game quality to the music. It didn't <laughs> seem to fit in with with what I remember Heathcliff cartoons sounding like, but. Well, later on, we're going to hear some other music coming out of a radio that's uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> really interesting. But yeah, I mean, it was kind of all over the place, I think, in general. I didn't really pay particular attention to that part. But I do love how he he basically like makes his sled and he tells Spike like, yeah, you're going to be you're going to pull me all the way to the North Pole. And he puts he just gets a red nose out of nowhere <laughs> and just like puts it on Spike. <laughs> must have been red nose day. <laughs> His red nose day, uh, yeah. And that's when Spike kind of half sings. Oh, Heathcliff, if I get a red nose, can I guide you to Santa tonight? And Spike doesn't even put up a fight. <laughs> no, he just goes with it. <laughs> well, he's a dog, man. <laughs> he's like, yeah, Odie, but he's, like he's Odie. not like, oh. Yeah, I was about to say, he's not like Odie who just thinks Garfield is his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Spike just agrees out of nowhere, but he does. I if I had to posit a guess, let's roll out that conspiracy theory board. Uh-oh. If I had to <laughs> posit a guess, it's because he knows his letter is going to get returned too. So that's a more selfish reasoning than anything. Well, and I think Garfield even uh, Garfield. <laughs> Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think Heathcliff even says something like, "Well, we haven't been that great this year. Maybe this could be our chance to to do better." Yeah, yeah. So maybe he put that in. Spike's head. I don't know. Did, did it bother anyone else that when they went up to the North Pole, Heathcliff remained naked while Spike really bundled up in a big old puffy yellow jacket? <laughs> yellow <Yep>. jacket. <laughs> he, he had earmuffs on and everything too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't really bother me, but at the same time, I did think it was weird. Just like, huh? Okay. I mean, but, he, he's a bigger dude. You would think you would think he'd have more, more body heat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Heathcliff's got some sort of like powers, like fire powers. Maybe that's the, I mean, because we see him build a snow castle and some snowballs in no time. Yep. Did, now, did that part part of the cartoon remind you of anything else? Like, uh, oh, there was a uh, one of those uh, Disney the Donald Duck cartoons from the 1940s with him, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, where they built castles. And they were throwing snowballs at each other. They looked exactly the same, like the, with the castle tops and everything. <laughs> I got such a, a Disney vibe from that part. And all I was thinking of was Elf when they're well, building yeah, the, uh, that the snowball fight. And he just hits them real fast. <laughs> because as they're on their way, they find the North Pole, <laughs> which they completely find by accident. And it was an odd looking pole. It was almost like an obelisk. Did you all notice that? It was like an ice yep. obelisk. I, 
I have yeah. that on, on my notes because it, it brought up a point when I was watching this. I asked my wife, when you were little, like, what did you imagine the North Pole to look like? Because And she said nothing. She just figured it was like the place. But in my head, like as a kid, I always imagined it being like the barbershop pole. Yeah. Like a candy yeah. cane stripe like a pole with a, with a gold yeah. ball on the top, you know? That's and, the North Pole? That, yeah, that, that's <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> but yeah, in, in, in this one, it was just a chunk of ice coming out of the ground. And I wasn't a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was strange design, but then they're like attacked essentially by Tuck, <laughs> because Tuck, <laughs> it turns out Tuck was an elf, one of Santa's elves that was returning letters, and is fired by like that head elf because of his like he takes apart a doll, he sends the <laughs> letters back. He's just like trying to be mean and nasty, and he had like one of those Harpo marks like. Uh, bicycle horns, you know. I hated the horns. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on, Tuck? What are you it, doing? <laughs> it's like if the voice wasn't annoying enough, then he has to, to honk after every time he zings you, you know? Stupid ugly, doll, dang dumb toys every year. Yeah, wish I had a real job. <laughs> yeah, because he's voiced by Buster Bunny, Charlie Adler. And like, as soon as he spoke, I was like, well, that's Charlie Adler there. I mean, of course, but he. He just had that that strange because they're that light blue color and his eye design was weird and the mm -hmm. eyebrows that kind of went up over his hat. I mean, <laughs> <Yep. it> was... <laughs> and they were always pointed down. The classic evil, evil, like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was just an odd elf. So he's fired. So now he's like a disgruntled elf. Well, let me tell you. When Herbie was fired at the North Pole and Rudolph, he's lucky he didn't go this way because that Santa would have kicked his butt. <laughs> <laughs> that Santa, is, he didn't take prisoners. He's like, uh, it's work, guys. Donner, you should be ashamed of yourself. I mean, <laughs> Huck, what do I hear you're doing now? This <laughs> 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 beats the stuffings out of him. But yeah, he, he like attacks them with the, what is it, a giant snowball or chase yeah, you around, immediately and... just goes to try to kill them as soon as they show up to the north pole yeah it's crazy well and then they have like a big snowball fight and i like how heathcliff immediately <laughs> builds a catapult <laughs> builds an entire castle <laughs> and catapult <laughs> and he just just launches this thing at him and it's like oh. what struck me during this uh half of the episode because obviously like a lot of cartoons in the 80s and 90s was split into two segments right um was how many misadventures Heathcliff actually got into during 11 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole thing. It's like, not only does he have to go back to the North Pole, then there's the, the mid fight that he's got, you know, the midpoint boss that he's got to overcome. And, and then he has to go actually finish his first quest, you know, after he's done with the side quest. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's always like that. It's all these 11 minutes and he's harassing the, the fish guys or, uh, you know, whatever it is, it's just all these different things. And like, yeah, how do you, I don't know how he does it, but he does it. Oh, okay. Speaking of how he does it, how does he get from Westminster all the way to the North pole just on sled? Yeah. Good question. <laughs> I mean, it's a cut scene. That's how ca cartoon yeah, logic. Cartoon logic. he traveled by map. <laughs> When they got to the North Pole, though, like, how did you feel about the way Santa's workshop looked? To me, it was very Whoville. It was weird. It was yeah. like, 
Hey, I thought it was very cold looking. I mm-hmm. like to imagine Santa's workshop a lot warmer. Right, yeah. dec- decorated with Christmas lights or something. Yeah. These just look like birdhouses like made out of gourds hanging up in the mountaintop or something. <laughs> like It was very weird. Yeah, there was a, a toy, and I can't remember the name, and I've been trying to figure it out all day long, and I, I haven't been able to come up with it, but there was a toy that looked like these these kind of round structures that you could like stack and do different things with, and I just, I couldn't figure out the name of the toy to tell you, you know, what to look up, but it, it was just, it, they were like these round, just kind of almost spherical like monolith, like dome monolith kind of things, and then just stacked on top of each other. It, yeah, it was a really weird design. Yeah. Which kind of makes me think it was based on Marvel Comics Malekith. <laughs> <laughs> so Tuck the Accursed confesses to them uh, because as they're going, as Heathcliff is having this battle, we get uh, Spike almost attacked by a polar bear. And so in a roundabout way, Heathcliff kind of saves him and gets uh tuck all in one big snowball and it rolls into a cave and the bear is going to get him and tuck runs out and he's like save me save me and heathcliff throws a uh, i think another snowball and yep, makes chucks a, a snowball and makes them stalactites fall mm-hmm. down and creating like an ice cage essentially for this polar bear and so that's where he confesses that I'm sorry, guys. I'm going through a difficult time right now, trying to figure out if I should be a good elf or a bad one. What have you decided? Being bad means being cold, hungry, and out of work. Hopefully, Santa will take me home. Santa threw you out? Yeah. I returned all those kids' letters they sent to him. That's why we came up here, to find out what was going on and to give these back to Santa. I think I can arrange a meeting. Follow me. It's just a weird, weird thing all of a sudden from, ha, I hate everybody to, yeah, man, <laughs> living on the street sucks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But then when he get, when he got goes back into the workshop and the the we'll call him the head elf the one that looks like Mac tonight with his with his moon, <laughs> he did, moon shaped yeah. head where he's just like ah head. tough out there huh like right away just you know <laughs> I knew you couldn't make it yeah basically that's what he tells him yeah <laughs> I I actually like the simplicity of uh, the resolution here at the end like cartoons always were able to wrap things up in a nice bow very quickly and. Mm-hmm characters could redeem themselves in a quick five minutes well especially in in a cartoon like this where it's only like 11 or 12 minutes and you mm-hmm. get your entire plot done and so the the you know elf foreman or the head elf or whatever we're calling him is like well i can't hire you back that's not up to me like you got to go see santa <laughs> and so so heathcliff and spike and tuck all go to see santa and this okay this version of santa it's like He's got the normal beard. He's got his glasses on, but his hair, <laughs> his hair is like up, like scooped back. Like, oh man! Okay. In Santa's defense, I mean, like it's he totally eighties. Was... Like he's <laughs> like, like it's flock of seagulls, Santa. You know, he was sitting in front of a fire. They probably like woke him up. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? <laughs> it could be. Haven't either of you experienced bedhead? Oh, of course. oh yeah. When I had hair, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When my hair is long, it gets like that, and then I, that's that's my cue. Oh, it's time to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say after you know, 
in the workshop, did you notice that uh, Heathcliff and um, what's the dog's name? Spike. Uh, Spike. And Spike did the same kind of twirly dance that Garfield and Otis did in front of the Christmas tree and a Garfield's Christmas. They I didn't. I didn't put two and two and together. Dance yeah. in a circle. Oh yeah, wait! Except this this came first. So yeah, I know. I know. So I that know, means but... Garfield copied. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Davis has some explaining to do. Once again, Garfield's <laughs> ripping off Heathcliff. No, <laughs> but yeah, it. <laughs> I did like Santa's office. I thought that felt like the most Christmassy out of this whole thing. You know, there was a tree. There was a, a big old portrait of Santa on the mantle. <laughs> I would actually disagree. Really? That felt the most Christmassy in this whole thing. The most Christmassy for me is when Heathcliff and Spike are flying back in Santa's sleigh. Like, I, I oh, love I the sequence that they're flying yeah. in the sleigh. Yeah. yeah. I could say, and Tuck. Because, you know, if you're going to make sure someone's <laughs> redeemed, you got to, what do they say? Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you'll need a ride home, correct? Yes, Santa. Yes, Santa. Fine. Tuck, go to the stable and saddle up my sleigh team. I'll take these two home. We're going on Santa's sleigh. We're going on Santa's sleigh. Tuck, would you like to come along for the ride? Hooray! Did you did you get a good look at Santa's uh, reindeer that were pulling the sleigh though? There were only two of them. There were only two. Yeah, I noticed and that. They looked a lot like the camels from the California Raisin, the Christmas special. Like the <laughs> way their their necks like scooped down. Like they were very Whoville to me. Like it, a lot of the stuff looked like it could have been right out of a Dr. Seuss book. I get that, and I totally could see how you'd say that about uh, the North Pole structure, the building. It it definitely had that. Uh, I mean, you know, Seuss architecture is very curve based, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. gravity defying. And that's pretty much how this was just balanced on like this lonely ledge on a cliff or something is this <laughs> Santa's workshop. It's I when, don't know. when I was watching this, I did have the question I wanted to ask you guys here. How do you prefer Santa's elves? They've been portrayed so many different ways across all media, from normal size to short humans to like creature looking things. Uh, you know, when you think of Santa's elves, what do you what do you think of? Oh, I, I think like my view on elves are basically from prep and landing. Like that, that's my ideal looking elf. I, I love the way they look. I love the stuff that they do. Like that, if I had to pick my favorite elf type, I would go with prep and landing elves. Charlie, you just went up in my book 100% because <laughs> that special does not get enough love. And that special seems so Christmassy. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But that would be second to the Rudolph. Uh, I was going to say, that's mm -hmm. I, I'm a Rankin Bass guy. It's always Rankin Bass elves. That's like <laughs> elves. But, wi but know? which elves? Because we know the continuity was all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I could see the uh, I could see the Rudolph elves fitting in with Jingle and Jangle as well. So, you know, <laughs> either way, they, it kind of works. Uh, I'm okay with either one. But that's usually what I usually think of the Rudolph ones when I mm -hmm. think of elves. And I, I would say that's probably the popular, most popular, just because when you think of that, el that's how Elf popularized it, too, in the 2000s in live yep. action. They literally built that Rudolph set just about in live action. Right, right. I mean, it's very much like um, like The Hobbit. Like, I could see, you know, if you were to do live action, it would be like just, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings style. They're just forced perspective like Elf did, and but just give them the 
uh, costumes from uh, and the ears from you know the first the first Rankin Bass. And if you want to hear how Rankin Bass can be li- live action, and, uh, <laughs> go check out Patreon. one continuity. Go check out uh, the episode <laughs> me, Jerry, and Tom did, where we plotted that whole thing out. And yeah, we fan did. Cast it. <laughs> <laughs> but they were all of them deceived. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that was good (laughs) that was good but anyway so santa forgives tuck he thanks uh spike and heathcliff for bringing him the letters and he's like well you know this will make up for all the you know mischief you guys have made which heathcliff continues to do at (laughs) santa's office in front of santa Because Spike, you know, he asked, like, hey, you know, you haven't been very good this year, you or you guys have been kind of mischievous this year. And Spike's like, well, and so Heathcliff like just steps on his foot. Ow! Ow! <laughs> and Santa just laughs. You know, I, I, he does that twice. It was crazy. Yep. I like that though. Santa always has a mischievous streak in my mind. <laughs> he is a little mischievous. There's a twinkle in his eye. <laughs> But like so, I can see, I can see Santa doing the uh, the Dumbledore thing, making the mean kids think they won the House Cup, and then like in front of the whole school, just reversing. Mm-hmm. Like psych. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then Santa uh, takes. He's like, well, I guess you guys need a ride back, and so he takes Heathcliff and Spike back, but he allows Tuck to come with him. Now, was that his actual Christmas ride or was that just like, I'm going to, I'm just going to take you back. I don't remember if I saw his presence there or not. I don't know if that was on Christmas day though. They never really specified. Right? Well, that's, that's why I'm asking. I'm, I really don't know. I'm not sure. So there are no presents in the sleigh, but I just assumed it was his Christmas ride. I mean, that's I what know. I thought. And then I, as I was thinking about it more, it's like, I don't know if that really was. I think he was just, Giving him a I ride do, back. I do love how easily Santa forgave Tuck, though. Like that Santa's supposed to be all about forgiveness and stuff. Yeah. But okay, so that was North Pole Cat. I think of the two, even though it was weirder, I liked it better. Me too. <laughs> because Heathcliff was a main character in it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas uh oof. <laughs> well, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. So the next one is uh, Christmas Memories. And this starred the Cadillac Cats. And, <laughs> okay, as much as I liked as much as much I liked the Heathcliff one, I kind of disliked this one. I mean, it was okay. It was fine. I, I don't think I disliked it. I think I just, I didn't really have a strong opinion of it one way or the other. What about y'all? It, it lacked Christmas for me, for sure. It was... It was a, a like a throwaway a very, line at the very end, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very minuscule. Okay, I I never really liked the Cadillac cats. I always <laughs> viewed them as weird, uh, you know, weird outsiders type gang, and uh, <laughs> that, did, that didn't change with this episode. I thought maybe when I put it on, I would uh, warm to them because you know that's what a good Christmas episode does. It yeah, mm-hmm. it has all the warm feelings and even the most cynical characters kind of had the heart melted by the end but uh right this one one didn't do it for me yeah well and that's the weird thing is like it's not really a christmas episode 
It's like a birthday episode that has a flashback <laughs> to a Christmas that you don't know is Christmas. <laughs> at least the cats are foxy to look at. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even the way they talk, it's like that old school why I oughta. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's like Riff Raff, you know, he's very much that he's almost like a gangster. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really is. Now, I, I couldn't remember. I, I, I'm trying to think if he had a cane. Did he used to walk with a cane? He did like have a, little... a cane. Yeah. Okay. And not in this episode, though, right? I don't think I saw it. I don't remember I, seeing it. Maybe at I'm the picturing very end. him walking with a little cane with like a crystal ball on the top, like a really like yeah. a diamond t- or something. Yeah, he that's he he carried that one around. <laughs> he definitely carried one of those around. All right. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, he's the fancy guy, you know, <laughs> the fancy cat, I guess. I don't know. I, I always loved his house, though. The oh, yeah. Up on the, the I loved it. Yeah. Yep. Well, this is uh, basically this is the origin story of the Cadillac cats. Yep. And how they became like this group of thugs. I don't Outsiders. know. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, this is their, uh, I don't know. This is their origin story. When I was doing some research here, this, uh, the episode, I read that the episode's events are contradicted in a later episode, which yes, explains how Riff Raff and Cleo met. It's called like High Goon or something like that. So I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering who remembers it correctly. Is this the real way, or was this just a story they made up for Leroy? I don't know. To quote a very uh, iconic individual, sometimes I remember it one way, sometimes I remember the other. (laughs) If I have to have a past, I'd prefer to be multiple choice. (laughs) That's exactly right. And that's kind (laughs) of how it is here. Or maybe it's a multiverse, and this 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 is just one of the iterations here, but... So we start off with Leroy and um, he's sad because he thinks no one <laughs> and Leroy, by the way, is, is the, the local dog that's uh, part of that dog gang that I guess is in the guard, guard in the junkyard. Yeah. yeah. But does Leroy look like what Max the dog would have looked like if the Grinch abandoned him and he grew up on the streets? <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> so, so if if Heathcliff, it's Garfield, who's had to grow up on the streets then <laughs> then leroy is max all right i got you <laughs> well speak, speaking of heathcliff growing up on the streets at the beginning of this episode when riffraff's getting beat up by those big cats there's three big cats beating up the the main one w- looked like gar or heathcliff on steroids he had <laughs> heathcliff's look and he was huge but like as big as uh mungo he did yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know but uh, yeah, so Leroy is all bummed that everyone's forgotten his birthday. And then all of a sudden, like a big old package just is thrown ha- in front of him, and, which he opens up. And yeah, it's it's just a big old ham hock, <laughs> just a big old thing of ham. And he's like, just immediately starts licking it and trying to eat it. And it just starts being pulled away because it turns out it was all an elaborate ruse to get him to come to the junkyard where the Cadillac cats are actually throwing him a surprise party. Talk about like a, a kind of mean ruse to lure him there though. Like <laughs> give him a nice hefty ham to eat <laughs> and then take it away. it away. So when he I shows mean, up, he's sad and angry and hungry. I mean, hopefully he gets to keep the ham. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean but it's a very not, cat thing to do. <laughs> if if not, he's gonna have to go to Walmart on Christmas Eve with or without COVID. <laughs> with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Manny, we love you, Manny. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, he really is just tricked into coming to his birthday party, which I guess is what you have to do to people to get them to these surprise parties. But this one, you're right. It just seemed very cat-like, you know, like it's just a cat thing to do. Immediately, they start telling him about, you know, yeah, we know that, hey, you're you're kind of an outsider, but hey, this is for you. We're We're throwing this for you because everybody needs some love on their birthday. And then they start telling him about how they all got together. How come you cats are giving me a party? Because the Cadillac cats believe everyone should have a happy birthday. Yeah, you know what this kind of reminds me of? That Christmas time not long ago when we were all alone in the snow. Yeah, remember that first Christmas when we all met? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think first when he got pulled over to the surprise uh, party, when they like showed the area where it was in my head. Like the first time I saw it, it looked like a manger scene to me just because of the way it was all set up. And then they all popped out of the garbage cans, but it had a manger, a manger scene look to me. No, I got that vibe too. Yeah. One of the dogs, again, I don't know their names because it's been years and I was never a fan of the Cadillac cats versus the main Heathcliff cartoon. Right. One of the dogs look has a very similar look to Hong Kong Fooey. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So they start telling him about how they got together and it's a, uh, yeah. So Riff Raff was in this, in the junkyard and these street tough cats just kind of come up on him and Mungo just happens to be there and he just destroys them all. <laughs> and, and Riff Raff's like, basically like, Hey, you're going to be my, my hired muscle. Like, like come, come work for me. <laughs> <laughs> you get the feeling that he's like, I don't know, Justin Hammer. Uh, I'm sorry with all these Marvel references. You know? <laughs> he's, he's Justin Hammer and he's like pulling in all these guys like Titanium Man and, uh, you know, uh, Ironmonger and all these others. Like, come, you're, you're going to work for me and do do all the stuff for me. But so Mungo is like his muscle. The only thing missing was him dancing out on, into the junker. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked that. <laughs> yeah, so they're living together. But then we get this radio that just kind of wakes them up at plays real loud music at all hours of the night. And this is my kid video connection. So they actually play the theme song to kid video, just, just the instrumental track. It's the full version of the song and they're playing it in this Christmas episode. Boom, nailed it. <laughs> the radio <laughs> made me so nostalgic. I love those old school looking Those radios. old radios? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. They don't, you don't get radios like that anymore. No, nope. oh, just like that. Just like uh, my parents love that old like cassette Wi-Fi, cassette uh, hi-fi system. Like Heck the yeah. De- oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> parents still have that. They still have all their old Christmas tapes. They'll break out Christmas sometimes. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, there's something about awesome. the skippy tape and the static that's oh yeah uh, perfect <laughs> yeah my, my dad's setup is still in the house i think it's a moran's is the brand name it's all it's all stacked up silver big knobs I, my, that's what she said yeah, <laughs> yeah it was like in 91 when my parents finally got rid of their their deck and they got a bose system it was just like a little tabletop thing only like this big and that's what they still use to this day 
That's awesome. So we'll we'll break out the time life tapes and we'll put it in, and, <laughs> and that's our Christmas entertainment right there. Uh, but Riff Raff just can't take it anymore, so he goes to like confront Wadsworth, and while while he's doing that, we get Hector driving up like in the Cadillac, essentially, and and this is where we kind of get like a little squabble between them all until Cleo shows up. But basically, they're like, "No, this is my my turf and my territory, my my stuff, and I want to move in on your stuff and whatever, whatever." And until Cleo like comes and <laughs> carrying her little package. <laughs> so, did did you think anything weird about the way she was bringing that package in there when she was carrying it? If you looked at the way the package was, and this is going for uh, totally right after dark here, but go back and watch <laughs> that part. She's carrying it in around like chest level, and it's yeah. wrapped. It's wrapped in a certain way where there's like two bulges on the sides so <laughs> go back and watch it and think of that when you're looking at it uh, there is a nip in the air though <laughs> anyway she drops it and riffraff is all kind of enamored with her and he goes to pick it up but hector beats him to it and then they get in a fight until we get this the the dogs the group of junkyard dogs you were talking about which i also can't remember their name and quite frankly i didn't uh I didn't care to look him up that much. So I didn't. <laughs> Kong, Kong, Fui. That's what he looked like. But it's also kind of weird because he's got like the little uh, the little hat and he's like all buff. So he's the like, hat got... actually reminded me of um, a Christmas story. Oh, yeah. I could the see bu- that. The ones the bullies wear. Yeah. Especially the little toad faced kid. Well, he's got his pants, but like no shirt on. You know? Yep. <laughs> so, so he gives off like a very. Um, like the German, the the Nazi from oh, yeah. uh, Indiana Jones, yep. where you know where he's fighting him in front of the plane. <laughs> you, know, you know, like I got that vibe. Like the, the big muscular. <laughs> I do not try to dive deep into the logic when it comes to cartoon animals and clothing and whether <laughs> they walk on two feet or four because none of it makes sense. And nope. if I fall down that rabbit hole, I'll be up all night. Like. The conspiracy drawing that uh, Charlie did did. will come true. (laughs) But, okay, I don't remember. How do they get rid of the dogs again? Uh, I believe uh, Cleo runs to, well, she says her home, the record store. I believe they run in there. Mm -hmm. But I can't remember if that just, they ran in there and the dogs just kept running somewhere else. Oh, I think you're right. I think because she she kicks over um, some trash cans, I think. Mm-hmm. Or like like some stacked trash cans and causes like a little mini trash can avalanche. Ooh, that's a great name for like a punk band. Trash can avalanche. <laughs> trash can avalanche. <laughs> but she causes like a trash can avalanche, and you're right. Then they like take off running and they hide in the the record store. With, yeah, okay. So they do hide from him, and I guess you're right. They pass by, and then they just leave Leroy like in charge. Yep. Yeah, I guess he's just back guarding guarding the junkyard. I don't know. And then they all show up dressed like Santa and his reindeer. <laughs> yep. That I, I had a problem with the way that these the reindeer looked. Uh, I mean, they were co- they were costumes clearly. You saw the right. zippers in the front. But right. when they were talking and making motions, they were animated like they were the real thing. Like the the mouths were moving like I don't know, it just I, I didn't like that. If it was gonna be a costume, I kind of wish it would look like a costume. <laughs> I don't know. They that have, bothered me, but they have Batman Beyond mouth. There you know, go. Batman Beyond, he's supposed to have like a full face mask that covers his mouth, but as he's talking, his mouth actually moves as well. <laughs> that always bothered me about Batman Beyond. <laughs> but I like how Mungo is Santa 
because he's just like huge and yep. he's the big one and he's just you know, he's got the big old beard. <laughs> Everyone knows you always cast the biggest person as Santa. <laughs> yep. Well, it worked but here. His stupidity almost almost ruined the plan, though. When Cleo said about Santa being here, because then he was like, wait, Where? Santa's here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, nice guard. Santa has a present just for you. Yeah, he does. Oh, boy. Is Santa here? Uh, you got to love Mungo. Uh, but they successfully trick Leroy, and they're able to kind of ditch him and make their way to a huge snowball because again it's christmas episode you got to have a giant snowball and they run him over with it basically and then they escape in the caddy i think right oh yeah yeah because cleo cleo's in the driver's seat yep right yep and then he gets frozen like as they as they're doing the spinning the wheels it kicks up enough snow <laughs> to cover him and he's basically iced <laughs> with, the, with that nice uh, little sound when it turns to ice it just turns to a clear chunk of ice and it gives that zing yeah <laughs> oh definitely but you know they can't kill they can't like literally just freeze this dog you know they can't uh, Futurama him so they gotta <laughs> they, they gotta like melt him with this heater and so they thaw him out and warm him up and that's how they discover their name they're like oh we're we work great as a team you know like we should we should be a gang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, let's be a gang. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a jet, you're a jet <laughs> all the way. <laughs> when you're a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a cat. But um, so she's like, Yeah, the Cadillac cats. And it's like, oh, I love it. And on Christmas Eve. That's like our one throwaway line, you know? <laughs> yep. Just to remind you, this is a Christmas episode. It's a Christmas episode. And so Riff Raff's like, you know what? You guys. Can that's enough for Todd. That's, that's enough a- for Todd. <laughs> it's enough for me too on my show. I mean, <laughs> not me personally, but for here. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I play by Todd rules. But yeah. So like, he's like, all right, you know what? You guys can have the car. I, I you, you call dibs. It's no big deal. I want that plane. Yep. And that's like how he gets his, his pad up in the plane. <laughs> then we also get Cleo giving him a little kiss and basically telling him she's into him and <laughs> like, oh, shucks. And then it cuts back to modern day and they got Spike, one of his caps, like uh, the one he lost years before. It's like a sailor cap, but it has, it had crossbones on it's it like, or something. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Like literally crossed bones, like, <laughs> like a dog bone, but two of them, like an X. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, like an captain's hat or an admiral's hat or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was going to bring it up before, before when we were talking about Cleo running into the music store, you know, that dog that sits outside the music store that has the, the hair that covers his eyes. So he's basically blind. Oh, uh-huh. Um, that, that that dog's name is Bush, but the the person that does the voice for him was also the person that's uh, the live action Luigi in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh, nice! Uh, Danny right Wells. Danny yeah. Wells. Yeah, that's yep. funny though. He didn't uh, he didn't sound very Italian. No. <laughs> Cult- cultural appropriation, man. <laughs> shut up of your face. <laughs> ah, shut up of your face. Uh, yeah. This is. I mean. Of the two, the Heathcliff one is better. I think it's just, it's overall just a better structured episode. I dug it more. 
Way ahead, Heathcliff. With, in my opinion, better characters that I cared about more. Yeah, right. for sure. And 90% more Christmas. You had Santa in it, the North Pole. The other one, you got the mention of Christmas Eve. That was it. Right, right. And and Mungo dressed up as Santa. Yep. So not oh, that's even the true. real Santa. That's true. Yeah. So we, we had fake fake Santa and fake reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> but it does make me wonder, what would you guys say would be your hap, hap, happiest memory or moment with Heathcliff? Um, I'll, I'm going to go back to the time with me and my my siblings when we were younger, just hearing the theme song and just getting us, you know, pumped up and running around the house like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm go- I'm going to go. Uh, my parents had a Heathcliff ornament on their Christmas tree that they no longer have. But while we were talking, uh, I Googled it and I just found it for 36 bucks. So I may order it for myself. Nice. <laughs> You're like, and what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I. Well, I-, I- I mean, uh, you know, I, in terms of the memory, like there were certain ornaments me and my sister always quote unquote fought over to put Same. on the tree. <laughs> Same. And, that, and yep. that was one of them. So I, I yep. don't recall too much Heathcliff merchandise, to be honest. I'm going to have to look up either. the ornaments because I have Garfield ornaments from when I was little, like a 1985 mm-hmm. one. I've been hanging in the same spot on my Christmas tree ever since I was a little kid. Still nice. goes in the same spot to this day. Um, but I, Heathcliff merchandise, you didn't, you know, you didn't see Heathcliff hanging in car windows on the sides, none of that kind of stuff. Right. And I oh, wonder man, if that you was like a see big... Garfield. Oh yeah. In car windows. Yep. Totally. And I wonder <laughs> if that was like, it's big downfall. Like maybe they just didn't promote it or brand it correctly. I mean, but then again, it had like two cartoons. So I don't know, maybe it just didn't have, there's something missing. I think. Yeah. You know, what was weird about that though? Like. Even with Garfield, like giving that Garfield is still very popular and you still see him hanging on cars and stuff. It's so weird. Hallmark doesn't make ornaments of him anymore. Yep, exactly. And I wonder if it's just like a rights thing. Maybe they don't yeah, want you know, the royalties and rights and all that. I mean, I got to be honest with you, though, the way Garfield went and how he's animated now, computerized. I hate it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. The new look of him. Yeah. I am excited for the new animated movie, though, even though a certain somebody is cast to voice him. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) I mean, what are you going to (laughs) do? I mean, why did they get Bill Murray Murray again? Yeah, I don't know. He might have been too expensive. Bill Murray may have been too expensive. I mean, whatever. I'm excited for Mario despite Chris Pratt doing the voice, so I'll be excited if Garfield looks half as good when we see a trailer. Yeah. I I am excited for... Uh, I mean, okay, okay. No, no. Forget it. Why, why get Chris Pratt for all these different things? Like, there are so many different actors. Why? If you're gonna hire a voice actor for Mario, you would think you would get somebody who could do it's a me, a Mario, rather than <laughs> sounding like Chris Pratt. Yeah, I, I say still get the uh, the the original guy. I don't know. It just it, yeah. Okay. Anyway, all right. That's all. I'm I'm done complaining about it. No, for me, I think it was going to my my great grandma's house, and I remember watching it on Nickelodeon. And while all the adults were sitting at the table, like eating and talking and just visiting all the kids would go into like her, my, my great grandma's bedroom and we would just sit on the bed and we'd watch TV and we'd always watch these things. And I remember watching Heathcliff and just like you, Charlie, as soon as you heard that theme song, you're like, yeah, all right, this is going to be fun, <laughs> you know? And then um, you hoped that it was a great episode and it usually was, it was usually pretty good as far as I recall. But now we come to my favorite part of the show. 
which is a little bit I like to call gag me with the spoon. So this is where we do our best impression of our least favorite part of uh, Heathcliff. And as a guest, I'll let you go first. Just kind of set up the scene for us. You can go first, Anthony. I have a couple just in case. I don't want to step on any toes. Sure. So per usual, per tradition when I'm on this show, I don't normally go for the worst part, despite that being in the instructions. I just go for a part that yeah. stands out to me. A part that you really can find s- quotes for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and that was hard for this one. You had to write it down. What you I know. I, I know. Uh, I love I did the same. (laughs) (laughs) And what stood out for me the most was the mailman. The mailman sounded like your typical Rankin-Bass character when he was explaining to Heathcliff what was going on with the letters. And he was like, here's your mail. How about that? Yours and Iggy's letters to Santa got returned too. That's (laughs) the 10th one today. I wonder if Santa's quitting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's very Rankin Bass. <laughs> <laughs> well, right it's on. good. I, I didn't have that one on my list, so I, I, I wouldn't either. have stepped on yeah, toes. So um, one, I have one that you mentioned a little bit before, so I hope I'm not stepping on your toes. But it was when Spike and Heathcliff got, when he threw the red nose on Spike, just the way he was talking, he just goes, oh, Heathcliff, if I get a red nose, can I guide you to Santa tonight? Like, you just <laughs> bust into a song. It was so wet. It he was did so start random. singing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Uh... I don't know why he started singing. (laughs) I guess he got in the spirit quick. (laughs) You guys don't ever start singing randomly during the day? Oh, I Uh, do, but... (laughs) I do, but not when someone puts a red nose on me and tries to get me to pull their sled. (laughs) What you and your wife do in the privacy of your home (laughs) is your business. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, and on that note, uh, <laughs> black it out. Show's over. Uh, no. Um, okay. So uh, this was. Um, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> those are those are both very good. This was where uh, it, it was in Christmas memories, and it was after uh, Leroy has been frozen, and they thaw him out, and. Um, while he's frozen, Cleo is talking to Riff Raff and she's like, I'm glad you're safe. And he says, uh, you are? I mean, uh, so am I. And I was like, what? Like, come <laughs> on, guy. Like, just, yeah. I don't know. It's just dumb. I just <laughs> thought it was dumb. <laughs> as as uh, Julie would say, so dumb. <laughs> dumb. So dumb. Just dumb. So dumb. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, G.I. Joe taught us that uh, knowing is half the battle. What do you guys think the other half is? If you want to profit off your uh, cartoon of a fat orange cat, you better have Jim Davis there to throw, draw it and promote it. <laughs> I agree with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> um, I, I, I just said, it. don't rip any dolls heads off or you're going to get fired from the North Pole immediately. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those are both better than mine. I said, so if knowing's half the battle, the other half is just building an ice castle ridiculously quickly. <laughs> I guess so, right? Uh, but <laughs> before we end, I have a new bit that I'm trying out. So I sent you guys a PDF. I emailed it to y'all. I want you guys to open it because we're going to end this with a little something different. It's a segment uh, that I'm doing sporadically throughout the season four called Shall We Play a Game? Shall we play a game? 
<laughs> did you did you call it shall we play a game because you didn't want to sound like Billy the Puppet? Do you want to play a game? <laughs> no, I called it shall we play a game because that's what uh that's what the computer says in war games. I'll pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all right. I I asked an AI, and that, that's why I, I called it shall we play a game. I I asked an AI to write a script for us three doing an episode on Heathcliff for the Totally Rad Christmas podcast. And this is what came out. I haven't looked at it except to highlight your names in a different color so it's easier to read. And we're going to try to read through this <laughs> and see what happens. So, <laughs> all right, starts off. <clears throat> Jerry D, Anthony from Tis the Podcast, and Charlie from Closer to Christmas are sitting around a table, microphones in front of them. The Totally Rad Christmas podcast theme music plays in the background. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Totally Rad Christmas. I'm your host, Jerry D, and I'm here with Anthony from Tis the Podcast and Charlie from Closer to Christmas. Guys, how's it going? It's going great, Jerry. Excited to be here and talk about some classic 80s Christmas cartoons. Absolutely. Jerry, I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to be talking about the Christmas episodes of the 1984 Heathcliff cartoon. Oh, man, I love Heathcliff. That show is so rad. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a classic. I remember watching it when I was a kid. Yeah, the show is definitely hilarious. But what about the Christmas episodes? Did they live up to the hype? You know, I think so, Jerry. There's a Christmas episode called Heathcliff's Christmas Surprise, and it was all about Heathcliff trying to find the perfect Christmas present for his girlfriend, Sonia. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And of course, being Heathcliff, he gets into all sorts of shenanigans trying to find that perfect gift. There was also North Pole Cat. In this episode, Heathcliff gets stranded at the North Pole and has to find his way back home in time for Christmas. Wait, what? How did he get stranded at the North Pole? <laughs> I think we're not wait, I think we're not supposed to think too hard about that, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those wacky cartoon things. Anyway, Heathcliff ends up getting Oh, that's crazy. Getting a ride back home with Santa Claus himself. Santa Claus, that's so cool. <sighs> yeah, he even helps Heathcliff foil a couple of catnappers who are trying to steal all the presents. <laughs> that's right. And in the end, Heathcliff makes it home just in time for Christmas. Oh, that's such a heartwarming story. Yeah, because nothing says heartwarming like catnappers and Santa Claus. <laughs> well, the second Christmas episode of Heathcliff is called A Cat Family Christmas. It's <laughs> In this episode, Heathcliff and his family are trying to have a peaceful Christmas at home, but they keep getting interrupted by their crazy cat neighbors. Oh, man. I remember that episode. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. The cat neighbors were also wacky and over the top. At one point, they all start singing Christmas carols together, but they all sing different songs at the same time. <laughs> That's so chaotic. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a cat version of the 12 Days of Christmas. Uh, exactly. And in the end, Heathcliff and his family do manage to have a nice Christmas together. That's the best part of any Christmas story, when everyone comes together to enjoy the holiday. Yeah. And it's especially nice when it's a bunch of cats doing it. Oh, that's sweet. But what about the other Christmas episode? <laughs> that one was called Heathcliff's Winter Carnival. And it was all about Heathcliff and the gang trying to save their local carnival from being shut down. Right. <laughs> and, of, and of course, they have to put on a big Christmas show to save the carnival. Sounds like a fun episode. It was, Jerry. There were all sorts of crazy hijinks, like Heathcliff trying to ski down a hill on a garbage can. <laughs> and the show ends with a big musical number that's just pure 80s cheese. Well, it sounds like the Heathcliff Christmas episodes were definitely worth watching. 
Absolutely, Jerry. If you haven't seen them yet, you're missing out on some classic 80s cartoon goodness. And you can never go wrong with a little bit of Heathcliff humor. Well, there you have it, folks. The Heathcliff, the Heathcliff Christmas episodes are a must-watch this holiday season. Thanks for tuning in to Totally Rad Christmas, and we'll catch you next time. Totally Rad <laughs> Christmas podcast theme music plays as the episode ends. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit insane. <laughs> Although they did get the ending of North Pole Cat right, so <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> there was there was that at least. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, that was interesting. <laughs> they were just pulling all sorts of things out of thin air. <laughs> gotta love, gotta love AI. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you just did an episode on uh, AI as well, didn't you, Charlie? Yep. I just, uh, just a little St. Patrick's Day. Asked a few, try to blend St. Patrick's Day and Christmas and see what it came up with. Give me two stories <laughs> and a two stories and a song. Was it more insane or less insane than uh, the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold? <laughs> it was no, well, nothing's more insane than that. It was. It, was, <laughs> it actually turned out pretty good. I was about to say, it probably didn't have your stereotypical drunk Irish person <laughs> <No>. threatening <laughs> to beat their wife. Nope, not at all. <laughs> Lardy, kill a <Killicalardi. laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness, uh, guys, this has been a blast. But uh, why don't you tell me uh, what you got coming up on your shows or or anything else you got coming up? Um, basically I'm just putting out episodes. I'm trying to go for like once, twice a month up until, you know, the burr months come around, but basically every, any episode that comes out, just, it's just something Christmas related. Every episode gets us a little bit closer to Christmas. That's why I called it the name of the show. Right on. And where can they find you? Um, you could go to closer to Christmas.com. It has links for all my stuff over there and my art account as well. I like to, I like to draw. But, you know, no one could pronounce and say the last name. So yeah, all the links are over there. Closer to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, I do want to ask you, how do you say your last name? OK, so you would say it like E-G-G-Y-O-U. Egg-U. Pretty easy. Thank you. OK. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yep. Uh, well, you can find me if you've heard me on the show before. You Well, you have. If you're listening to the show, <laughs> you've heard me many times. You know about my show. It's a podcast every Monday. Me and my co-hosts, Tom and Julia, drop a new episode in your feed, so which we cover a different Christmas movie or TV show or TV episode. Um, you know, counting down to Christmas all year long, keeping that Christmas spirit alive. So check us out, linktree.com slash the podcast. Oh yeah, and you also have a um, a new DC. Yes, so right now we're only twice a month. We only dropped one episode so far. Uh, it's called DC Unlimited. I host it with Chris Evans of Gathering of the Geeks and Phil Walsh of um, Bill at the Movies, uh, covering all things DC. Uh, with DC getting that James Gunn Peter Safran reboot, we wanted to kind of get in the ground floor there and uh, start something. So. One right episode's on. live so far in which we kind of discuss the new slate and hopes. And uh, we're recording our second episode this upcoming week talking about the new Shazam film. So, Right on. Very cool. Yeah. Go, go check all that stuff out. And I have no doubt Jerry D will be a guest <laughs> on that show multiple times. <laughs> well, I, I know a little bit about comics here and there. That's, you know. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> you know, I try to keep it under wraps and uh, see, what, see what happens. But, uh, but uh, let me just say, guys, thanks again. <laughs> this is a, I'm going to have the theme song stuck in my head and you probably are too. So sorry about oh, yeah. that. But uh, <laughs> on that note, I'll end it by saying, the Cadillac cats are born today, and on Christmas Eve, 
Perfect. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas, Twitter at Rad Christmas, Mastodon at Totally Rad Christmas at Mastodon.world, or our Facebook group, Totally Rad Christmas Mall and Arcade, where you can make your voice known to us as well. We post anything and everything 80s or Christmas related. And if you're feeling like Heathcliff meeting Santa and saving Christmas, leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us reach more people and spread some rad holiday cheer. Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our super dope website, totallyradchristmas.com, courtesy of Tis the Podcast Elf, Tom Crow. Remember what Santa said about us being good to each other? Well, maybe we'll start tomorrow. Later, dudes. (laughs) 